It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. He's Jared Krugar. I'm Alex Stump. Jared, how's it going? Oh, it's great, Alex. It's always good to be on the Pirates Podcast to be named later. I almost said the We Are Podcast, but that's not that's that's tomorrow. The We Are Podcast is going to be tomorrow. It's not Young Bucks that is that has gone on to the big baseball heaven in the sky. R.I.P. But we are going to be leading off today with some prospect talk because that was, you know, the news of the week where the Pirates gave out their minor league awards. Matt Frazier was named uh, player of the year. I'm sorry, the Hannes Weiner player of the year. Uh, Adrian Florencino was named the Bob Friend pitcher of the year, Lolo Sanchez base runner of the year. Um, I'm going through here just in my head. I should have written these down. O'Neill Cruz is the slugger of the of the year, Emmanuel Mejia is the reliever of the year, and then the defender of the year is Jared Triolo of the Greensboro Grasshoppers. It's a pretty wide range mix right there. So, yeah, and listen, I, I'm sorry to cut you off there, but let, let's talk about the player of the year, the Hannes Wagner player of the year, and that was Matt Frazier, and I think there, I don't think there's a player in the system that was more deserving than Frazier. He just lit it up at both high A Greensboro and and at double A, there, there was just slight drop off. And to me, I, I attribute that to the fact that he didn't play and didn't have the alt site last year. So you're finally, finally playing a full season. And that's the biggest thing is, you know, I, I don't think there is a more deserving candidate for that award. Oh, no, I 100% agree with you. People who read my player development piece know that I, I dedicated a good chunk of that story just to him. And, and what he was able to accomplish, what he was able to work on, how he was, you know, led down there. I, a lot of Ben Charrington said, like, Frazier is the type of guy that they kind of point to as an example of, you know, this new refined hitting development that they have in the minor leagues that they want to have with whoever they hire as their new hitting coach up at the major league level. They want to point at Matt Frazier's like, here's someone who, who did have to make some adjustments to his swing. We're not going to pretend that, you know, we got this finished product, but he was willing to learn. He was willing to work. And here's the end result. He had an outstanding year at Greensboro, went up to Altoona, just kept hitting up there. And I think something that maybe gets a little lost was he started off slow. 
mm-hmm. really slow this year. The ball just wasn't being elevated at all. A lot of stuff on the ground. You're not going to get extra base hits that way. So it, it was a big step forward as he continues going on. I, I didn't see anyone else really that you can say, yeah, that's, that's the minor league player of the year. Very well deserved. He's made himself into a prospect. No, and that's the thing is like when he when he wasn't a slugger, I kind of figured that this is probably the award that he was going to take home. Um, and that's nothing against O'Neill Cruz. I mean, he like Frazier mashed and he like some of those shots that, that we've seen and we that we profiled have just been absolutely insane. Um, and and listen, it, it's not taking away anything from the other guys throughout the organization, too. But it shows that if you're coachable and you're willing to make those um, make those changes, good things typically happen. And, and, you know, if you can get a group of coachable guys and, and people that buy in and are willing to put that work in for themselves, that's a great position to be in for Ben Sherrington and for every Martin League coaching staff. But, you know, the pitcher of the year was Adrian Florencio. And, you know, he, with 117 Ks, led the organization. And that, to me, is an absurd amount, no matter what level you're pitching at. Yeah, it is. And he's someone who, to quote Logan Hoffman, a a teammate of his in that rotation in Bradenton, he's like, he just had that attitude of, well, this is an indirect quote at this point. This is paraphrasing. Uh, He just had that attitude that his stuff was just better than what any hitter at that level could could handle. And you look at those results. They're not only, you know, it's not only the two point something ERA and, you know, the most strikeouts in the system. It was the there really wasn't a clunker in that. Like Quinn Priester had clunkers. Contreras mm-hmm. had clunkers. And that's fine over the course of a whole season. I mean, that, that just happens. He didn't really have that. Pretty much every game was this, you know, six, five, six inning, two earned runs, one earned run type performance. And there weren't too many times that Bradenton was really put behind the eight ball because of him. No. And anytime you get that from your starter now, his, and, that, and this is what's kind of funny about the, the win and, and loss, right? He was six and four, but he was dominant. Mm-hmm. And, and, and sometimes, you know, the win loss record isn't indicative of how a pitcher does, but he was, he, he gave his team a chance to win every time he went out there. And, and anytime you're able to do that as a starting pitcher, that's a great thing. But, you know, what those two did was great and, and, and Triolo and, and all the rest of the award winners, but who were some of the snubs that you thought that should have gotten maybe a, a better look or, or even won an award over somebody else? I'm sorry. This is going to be so generic. I know someone listening to this is going to roll their eyes. Like Alex, every single podcast talks about Contreras, but that, that that's my picture of the year. In my opinion, what he did in Altoona and then, to cap it off in the major leagues, even if it was just for a couple winnings, he, you have my favorite quote that he gave, you know, this entire year, whenever you've profiled him back in early June, I want to say it was one of the first Mm -hmm. in the systems that we did where he said, like my goal is to get up to the show for just, even if it's just for a couple winnings, I want to get up to the show this year. And you know what? He did it. He did it. And he deserved it every single step of the way. I'm very high on this young man, I think he's going to be a very good pitcher for a while. I get that you don't always want your minor league pitcher to go to one of your top one or two or three 
pitching prospects, but man, I have a hard time. <laughs> no offense to Adrian. Very good season, but yeah. Yeah, and uh, listen, I think it's a different situation if he's healthy the entire year. And yep. and listen, watching him pitch, I know you and I have both gotten to watch him pretty extensively. And it's I, it, every day it's fun to watch. And, and, you know, I think that's a good thing moving forward. And I think that's something to be happy about. And if you can get continue to get these, the guys like Burrow, like Michael Burrows, I think he was a guy too, that, that could have got some consideration um, uh, just because of his performance, because he was only really on our radar to begin. And that's because he's a friend of the podcast <laughs> and, and what he's done, you know, it, it is impressive. And, and he, he took that time in the off season or not the off season, but the lost season to work on his stuff and it, and it pays off. And it, and that's, I think really what you're looking for developmentally, right? You want people to, to see, Hey, listen, this is where my flaws are. These are where my weaknesses. Now let's turn them into strengths and build on those and build on that and also build on the strengths and really put together a lot of good work. And, you know, the pirates, some of those guys have been able to do that. And, and once the wheels start turning, they get that downhill momentum you know, now we're seeing an influx of talent at AAA, which is something that we didn't have this year. And that's no disrespect to guys like Bly Madris. That's just, you know, the way that the, the cookie crumbles sometime. And, you know, here we are now. Now I think, you know, as, as things happen, you know, that high, that, that low A team is going to be fun to watch next year. I think, you know, you got a Bubba Chandler type player. Um, I'm not quite sure where Davis is going to go. I think he's probably going to start in Greensboro, maybe, maybe even double A. I, I imagine Greensboro again. Yeah. And, you know, he's going to be in Altoona at some point. And you've got a lot of, you know, Lonnie White Jr. You've got a lot of talent coming up, low A, high A, double A. The Pirates farm system is going to be fun to watch for the next few years, as long as those players continue to make that adjustment and complete, continue to develop. Yeah, and it, it's something that you can notice from just the award winners that we're talking about. Matt Frazier, Jared Sciolo, Lolo Sanchez almost all of these guys were players who the last time there was organized ball in 2019, they weren't exactly in great spots in the organization. Matt Frazier really struggled. Lolo Sanchez really lost his status as like a real, you know, big time prospect at that time, or if he was ever big time, mid-level prospect. Jared Chiolo had like a cup of coffee. That was it. Like these are guys that all got better in mm -hmm. during that shutdown and that's a big part of the player development is making the most of this time because not to sound like a pessimist we could be heading into a, for a very different reason another baseball work stoppage not because of the pandemic this time but because the cba is expiring and according to ronald blum of the ap a lockout is almost guaranteed at this point not saying that a lockout will delay the season or delay spring training or anything, but it's not going to be a normal off season. And right. the extent of that could make this another, how do you develop these players type deal? So it's going to be interesting in that regard. But I think the steps the pirates made in player development, read the story. If you haven't, they're the right steps. They're doing the right things. And like you said, a lot of this farm system is going to be very exciting to watch. And it's not just going to be because, be because they had a high draft pick and they traded away all those guys in the middle of these young minor leaguers. There's also a lot of these guys are starting to get better. 
on top of it too. Right. And, and you did say it's, it is going to be a different off season again, which is, you know, better or worse, but you know, I think right now it's important to note that the season is still going on, even though the pirates aren't playing. So let's talk in the second segment about the world series and, and, and really some of the interesting happenings through the first three games of the October classic. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast. We named later. It's October baseball, nearly November. It's the World Series time. And I know, Alex, this is a Pirates Podcast, but at the same time, I feel like we're doing a disservice to Major League Baseball if we don't talk about the world series because the world series through three games has been exactly what you want. There's been drama. There's been coaching decisions that you kind of, Ooh, that's a little weird. Um, not maybe quite like Blake Snell uh, last year in the race, but Hey, let's, let's talk world series. Let's talk postseason. Let's talk positivity. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll just take the ball there because there are two things about this postseason that have really stood out to me. One of them I wrote about, which was the influx of stolen bases. In game three, it did end up resulting in a run, but a big stolen base in the seventh inning, I believe, for the Astros. Eighth inning, I'm sorry. Eighth inning for the Astros that put the potential tying run in scoring position didn't work out, but to steal in the eighth inning, whenever you haven't really gotten anything going on offense, that's a gutsy play. I wrote about how, you know, we've started to see catcher, you know, caught stealing percentage really drop off in this postseason. There's been a big spike in stolen bases. Interesting to see how that goes in 2022. The other one is the death almost of the starting pitcher because Again, on, on Friday, Ian Anderson is five no-hit innings and gets pulled at 76 pitches. Now, I don't want to pretend that he had any chance of crossing the finish line there. He wasn't going to throw a no-hitter with that pitch count. 
he's a young arm. It's late in the season. He's going to have to maybe make one more start. I get protecting him, but we've seen this all postseason. The Dodgers did a lot of bullpen games. We've seen a lot of times where you pull the starter after two or three innings and say, all right, we're going to hand it over to the bullpen. It's definitely non-baseball purist. So I'm going to hand the ball off over to you before I go on my late night brain sermon of why this is the case. Listen, analytics are great. I think they give you a lot of detail. They, they really tell the fine print of, of every player, every situation. But what analytics can't tell you is how the body responds to adrenaline, adversity, and life. Right. I mean, you can have, Hey, listen, this is what this guy does in the three, two count when it's 75 degrees, the sun is setting in the West rising in the East. Um, it's no, no, night. Does. Well, yeah. So, so obviously you have those analytics, right. But you know, you can't like feel like Anderson's at 75 pitches through five innings. If that's August or early September, he's finishing, he's going probably up until hundred pitches. This is October, man. This is the world series. It's winner go home, right? It, it, it's obviously not an elimination game, but you want to win as many games as you can. You want to, it's the first to four and you have to do whatever it takes. And, and if that means you pull a guy five innings, Hey, maybe that's what the analytics say, but I think a lot of it goes on managers feel and you know, Snickers, a good, is, is a good manager. He's got the team minus Acuna, right? Into the World Series. I mean, yeah. there are multiple times through the, throughout the season that the Braves were not on the radar for the World Series, let alone the postseason. But, you know, he's got them there, and, and that's a confident bunch. And, hey, listen, if you're going to go with your gut, go with it and and live with it and and see what happens. And, you know, it, it worked out it, it, it sometimes. And, and, hey, it's different. It, it's not what we're used to. But at the same time, man, you got to fight, figure out a way to win. And, and if that's what it takes, then this is the time to do it. Yeah. And I, I think I'm not, I think that's baseball. You have to find a way to win, especially in this postseason. And I know a lot of people have complained about how long games are going because of the bullpen. And I'm not going to find any way to defend that or anything, but go back a hundred something years in baseball history where if you had a World Series game, you would just give the ball off to your starting pitcher because and he would throw almost always a complete game because the bullpen consisted of pig farmers who you know didn't, weren't trained properly and were there to just kind of round out a roster. Now, as the game keeps evolving, we've reached a point where – going a third time through the order, maybe even a second time through the order as a starting pitcher, that's not your best chance to win. That's not your, every team in the postseason has eight, 10, 12, 13 really good pitchers that you can hand the ball off to. If you did it, you wouldn't be in the postseason. And that's where we are right now. And that's usually your best chance to win. That's why we could go back to pulling Blake Snell after five and two-third innings, you know, last year as, as a horrible move. But was it? Like, the result was, was horrible. But the mindset, I, I, I'm not going to blame Kevin Cash for that mindset, especially since Blake Snell ain't the pitcher that people pretend that he is. 
but just take the ball there, hand it off to your bullpen. He handed it off to the wrong guy. I remember who it was, but he just wasn't getting anyone out that entire season. Don't know why you went to him. Nick Anderson went to him at the wrong situation there, but that's what it's going to be. That Tampa Bay bullpen, what we have seen out of this Atlanta bullpen to the point that Richard Rodriguez wasn't even rostered. He wasn't even rostered after Charlie Morton broke his leg. <laughs> yeah. And, and listen, that's, that's the other thing too, right? Like you, the baseball is so unpredictable. Every pitch is unpredictable because you have that mindset. You, Hey, this is, this is what happens. And you know, Charlie Morton goes out there, breaks his leg, comes back out for another inning and still gets out. Like that is incredible. And, and that's, I think that's the beauty of baseball. You, you can overanalyze everything. You can overthink everything. And this is the time of year that people overthink literally every fine detail down to how you put your socks on every day before the game. But, you know, you, you, at the same time, they're humans. They have to go out and play the game. You can't play it for them. And, and at the same time, hey, listen, the analytics might say to go to a lefty in this spot. Well, that lefty, he can't get anybody out. And you have to just go with feel and, and, and gut. And, you know, I think that's what makes baseball so fun because, you, listen, you, you're not really going with your gut in football. You're going with, all right, well, it's third and one, you know, I'm going to run the ball at the middle. Or it's third and ten, I've got to pass. Baseball, man, it's the bottom of the seventh or, or, the, or the fifth inning. Your pitcher is, a, is pitching a no-hit shutout in, the world, in game three of the World Series. You win, you go up 2-1, you're at home for the next two, two games after this. Um, you know, hey, what do you do here? And, and you see how maybe how some of the at-bats, how, how they were going. He's at 76 pitches, it's, it's manageable. Um, and then you go from there and, and you know, it, it works. It, it works from time to time and, and tonight it worked. And, or I'm sorry, Friday night it worked. And, you know, it, that's, that's, that's what I think makes baseball so great. We're going to take one more break. We'll be back in a couple minutes. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the podcast of your name later. Jared... You, you're never gonna run away from that nine overtime Penn State loss. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm bringing it up here as just a, a little side thing. I want to ask you this: This could be either as a journalist, as a fan, is as a coach. In your case, 
What is the longest game that you have ever attended? Ooh. How you want to define it? Either in, ter- in terms of like total minutes, uh, <laughs> quarters or innings, just felt like an eternity. Uh, that's a good question. Every time watching Will Crow pitch. Um, <laughs> he does take a minute. You know, I'm not Quite really literally sure. between pitches. Any game that's on Fox seems to go forever. Um, <laughs> so they all run together. But I don't think I've been a part of very many long, long games. The game that I remember watching the, the being infuriated at was the Jerry Meals game um, where he blew that play at the plate. That was probably the most frustrated I've ever been. And I don't think it was because of the outcome. It was the fact that I waited or I stayed up that late and that was the outcome. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I've seen like, cause I wasn't at the game on, fr- on uh, last Saturday. Um, I will be there today uh, in Columbus, but I wasn't there last Saturday. I was at a wedding and you know, uh, that, that was embarrassing. I, that was uh, bad. That was uh, bad. I, uh, I just, I thought I was over it now. PTSD from watching the game on my phone and listening to the radio and, and listening to them, not being able to get two yards eight times. Uh, ugh, uh, uh, so let's, let's cheer this up, man. What, it, what is the, probably the, what is the best memory that you have covering a baseball game? Best memory. Oh, okay. We're swapping it up. Ah, uh, covering a baseball game. Ah, uh, I, I guess this is, this is just the first one, but since I gotten to know him during the off season and gotten to know the story and talk to people around him, seeing what Max Krennic did in his debut in St. Louis. And that, that was, that was a pretty unforgettable baseball game that also had, you know, just for, you know, it cherry on top, the, the, the Hayes ridiculous play in the hot corner to get Molina out. But that, that start, even if it wouldn't have been five perfect innings, I think it'd be very high up there. That was the first time, at least in my journalistic career that I really got to know a young prospect, whatever he was still in a ball. We really, you know, I really dove in into that story and to see it culminate, got to talk to him the night before for another feature that I wrote the day of. It was, that was probably my best memory covering a game. Just, you know, feeling secondhand like, hey, I know what this kid went through. Good for him. I'm happy for him. I'm going to give you three because uh, I'm allowed. Um, first one, sure, I think why not? <laughs> yeah, is covering the Rose Bowl is um, covering the Rose Bowl in, in 2016 when Penn State played USC. Um, just being at the Rose Bowl was, was a cool experience. And then um, obviously, I think the, the Eastern League Championship game with with the curve a couple of years ago. <laughs> the um, one I vultured from you is no. actually my answer. Well, yeah, of course it was. So shut up. Um, that's why I get three. And um, Clemente day this year, uh, obviously I was in Pittsburgh. I got to cover the game, um, and, and just see that game kind of unfold and, and, and see 
you know, obviously Clemente meant so much to, to not just Pittsburgh and the Pirates, but to the world uh, of baseball and the world of people as a humanitarian. But just to see, you know, them honor the, his life, his legacy, and, and then the Pirates to win in, in probably the most Clemente way possible, right? A hustle play um, and, and just obviously get, get a win. And, and me personally getting to, to cover a Major League Baseball game because, listen, let's – that was my third. Third. That was, okay. that was when you were on the IL. You were on the ten day COVID uh, COVID list. Yeah. And you know stuff like that. You know the first one was cool. Uh, I th- I still think it's funny that three games that I covered this summer, um, none of them had pregame availability. Yeah, I felt bad for you for that. The one we obviously September eleventh was one reason. Sundays there are none, and then with that uh, Clemente day it rained before the game. <laughs> Because that, that was my advice for you before you covered those. Like, you know, get talk to someone like Cole Tucker. So I was like, talk to Cole Tucker. Talk to, you know, a player that you've seen in Altoona that's made that rise to the farm system. Like, that's a good, easy feature for you that day. And then you just never got that opportunity with the Pirates. You did 2020 Alex reporting where a lot of it's just over Zoom. That's right. And I made sure to eat at the in the press dining room and I made sure to eat chicken and Pete's and I had Manny's barbecue and it was great. It was, it was a lot of fun and, you know, I'm excited for what we have in store for next year and, and, and getting to a lot more games and maybe even seeing a pregame availability on the field or something, or maybe watching O'Neill Cruz take batting practice and hit them into a river instead of into a, into a roller coaster. Yeah. Hopefully I don't have to catch the plague for you to come back to PNC park too. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, it'd be nice yeah. if we actually got to sit there together um, and cover a game. Maybe that'll happen. I don't know. Maybe one of us will be sacrificed. I'm not quite sure yet. But the future is out there, and, and we just never know. On that note of uncertainty, we thank you for listening to the podcast to be named later. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast feed wherever you find five podcasts on iTunes, on Stitcher, in the clouds, wherever you want to find it. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week.